Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. In-person Lent groups will probably not be possible this year, but many courses are adaptable to Zoom. Rachel Mann has written a new Lent course on an unlikely topic. It's called Still Standing, a Lent course based on the Elton John movie Rocket Man, published by DLT. It's available to buy from the Church Times bookshop for £6.29. I caught up with Rachel this week to find out more about the course. Rachel will be talking about her debut novel, The Gospel of Eve, at a one-day Church Times Festival of Faith and Literature event, which is being held online on Saturday the 20th of February. Other speakers include Francis Spufford, whose eagerly anticipated second novel, Light Perpetual, has recently been published, Cathy Tiernan and Mark Oakley. To find out more and to book tickets, visit churchtimes.co.uk forward slash events. Rachel Mann, welcome again to the Church Times podcast. It's great to be with you, Ed. Thank you for having me on again. So Lent begins on Wednesday of next week. And I mean, this would often be a time that people would be perhaps signing up for Lent groups in people's homes and to, to do a Lent course. Of course, this year will be different. So I suppose it will mainly be online that people do this kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, gosh, it's extraordinary, isn't it? A, that we're doing it this way, that we, <laughs> we're we in a situation where Lent is effectively going to become a, a digital matter. People will be gathering using a variety of platforms, Zoom, etc., etc. But also, here's the thing, Ed, that we've, we've kind of adapted. Um, and I say that, I say that with all due caution, because I recognise that there are real pockets of what we might call digital poverty out there, that there are situations where people can't access the the internet and the digital opportunities in the way in which many of us assume. But nonetheless, one of the really striking things about the last year, and of course it's been a year now, is that is a sort of digital fleet-footedness on the part of of the church. And, you know, certainly uh, in the parish where I'm rector we're looking forward to digital lent groups um we're not quite sure how that's going to play out but at the same time we've done a lot of digital stuff over the last year so there's a kind of confidence um and also maybe an opportunity for a whole new group of people to participate you know we've certainly found that with with our online worship that there's a whole bunch of people who couldn't physically come to church uh, for whatever reason could suddenly be participants in an act of worship. So I think there's real losses because there's nothing like, you know, that that sort of push and pull that goes on in your average Lent group, you know, that chance for conversation and that way in which, you know, as human beings, because we we've grown up and we've been trained to react to each other, in real time in physical space, we can ju- judge from just the, the flick of somebody's eyebrow uh, or, you know, the twitch of the corner of a mouth, when to speak, when not to speak. It's more difficult on Zoom or on Teams or whatever, but we've learned so much. So I- I'm excited, actually, about what this Lent might hold. That's good to hear. Your Lent course is called Still Standing, a Lent course based on the Elton John movie Rocket Man. Um, we featured it in our Lent Courses Roundup recently in the paper. It strikes me as a somewhat unusual theme for a Lent course. 
Um, in what sense, Ed? Well, just an Elta. I've often length courses. I've, the ones I've done are based around how to put it. You know, the Archbishop of Canterbury's Lent book, or, or something more obviously spiritual, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, I okay. I hear you. I, I mean, I'm just. I just wanted to check it out before I launched into my my sort of usual response. Yeah, I, I mean, Ed, I, I think I I am gonna have to take it on the chin that it is somewhat unusual to take um, a uh, jukebox mu musical like uh, Rocket Man as the basis for a course, and perhaps none of us quite see Sir Elton, remarkable figure though he is extraordinarily gifted person though he, he is as perhaps the, the basis for um exploring a season that's usually marked by um well in the in the classic sense giving things up or taking on extra disciplines of prayer i think that's part of the reason that i find it so interesting i mean to to, to reel back just a couple of years uh, dlt asked me to write a length course based on the greatest showman which became from now on and I have to say, I thought, gosh, that doesn't sound like a very promising subject um, because it's all about P.T. Barnum, you know, one of the greatest showmans who's, who, who's ever lived. Curiously, though, I think these big um, over-the-top figures often enable us to explore Lenten themes in in ways in which probably in this day and age, I think, think, think we need to. Classic Lent courses, terrific, amazing. But I, I, I often find in my own case, they don't speak into the real lives we're, we're living. They don't connect with the kind of things that energize us and set us free and if you're someone like me i'm getting on a bit now gosh i'm 51 this year but I, i've grown up entirely in an era of popular culture in a world which has been dominated by popular music and by celebrity and whether we like it or not no matter how pious and holy we might be as christians we we live in that culture and what are we going to do we can either turn around and say you know, enough, we want nothing to do with it. Or we say, actually, if God is the God of everything, if God is in all things, if you can't keep God out, what might it mean to find God in a bit of popular culture as much as we might find God in a work of art or in uh, the Gospels. And, and, and what does it mean to bring the Gospels themselves into conversation with an actual human story? And you know, Elton, I mean, this is, this is the extraordinary thing about Rocket Man, and I'm going to shut up in a second. Um, the extraordinary thing about Rocket Man, when I saw it at the cinema, I thought, oh my goodness, Elton is someone in this film, because it looks at the first 40 odd years of his life, who is someone who's struggling to take on the responsibilities of an adult. He's in a kind of perpetual state of being a child who can have anything. Um, and that means that, you know, he has access to all of those things which, let's just say, can, can lead us down wrong paths. Whether that is endless wealth, whether that's access to alcohol and drugs, whether that's access 
to, in effect, sex on demand. He's struggling to find his way to be a grown-up. But here's the kicker. He's also someone who's struggling to come to terms with his inner child. And there's this lovely dynamic in, you know, the arc, the narrative arc of Rocket Man is that it takes us to the point of crisis. It begins with Elton recognising he's in trouble, he's a mess, and seeking rehab and therapy. And it's at this point that he is prepared to not only say, what does it mean now for me to be a grown-up, to live responsibly in a world where there's seemingly no limits, but also, how do I come to terms with this sad inner child who I've been pushing away my whole life. And that seems there's a beautifully Christian dynamic in that. Because I think, you know, as Christians, we are called to be our full selves, our true selves, who God wants us to be. And part of that is about learning to take responsibilities for ourselves, to be grown-ups. But the beautiful, extraordinary, subversive thing about Christianity too is that it says we do that by recognising that we're children, that we're children of God, um, that we are called to come to Christ as this these open children, let the children come to me, and with our vulnerability, discover our dependency, our, our need for God. Now, what... Of course, the Rocket Man is not about Elton John's conversion to Christianity. I don't know quite what he thinks about Christianity, but what it is about is about human a human being coming to terms with the depths of his need, with the way in which he's lived a life of profound excess and damage and brokenness, and that need for healing. And gosh, isn't that a story all of us can perhaps wrestle with? Our, our, our grit and our grace, our brokenness and our holiness. Absolutely. But in our review of the course, um, Philip Welsh says that you, you make no claim for Sir Elton's saintliness, but the film, but you do see the film as a redemptive story, quoting you, showing that even the most cynical and damaged person can learn to trust, love and begin again. So I guess you see it, as you said, even though there's not... It's not a story of a conversion to Christianity. There is a, 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 a Christian storyline there and a redemptive arc. Absolutely. And I, I think that ultimately the, the reason that you know, when I walked out, of the, when I walked out of the cinema, I mean, I was still in in tears, um, but also thinking, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There could be something in this from a, as a writer is being moved by the way, Elton is unafraid to really expose who he is on the film in all his vulnerability. Uh, I mean, this applies also in his uh, his autobiography or uh, biography, which came out recently. This is me, and and part of the delight of it is 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 it, both that and Rocket Man is the the willingness to allow himself to appear ridiculous and absurd alongside the acknowledgement that it wasn't until he was in his you know 40s that he was prepared to begin to come to terms with with himself 
And um, and I love the fact I, I, again. I, this is I don't think this is spoiling anything, but there's this montage at the end in which he's st- you know it, it's acknowledged that he's still a work in progress. Um, you know that uh, thank goodness you know he's managed to be clean of the drugs and the drink. Thank goodness that he's found you know a stable, committed faithful relationship with his husband and all of that but he's still a shopaholic you know he's still someone who's he's he he's he's a work in progress and gosh I find that really hopeful for me and I hope for everyone that it's not that we arrive and then we're the done deal there's only ever been one person who's completely arrived and that's Jesus Christ the rest of us are working on it. Can you tell us a bit more about the how the course works for those doing it? I mean I think could be done in groups or even by individuals if they want. And are they watching the film as they go? Yeah, well, it, I, I mean, my my steer is, and I, I'm I'm de- desirous not to be prescriptive here. I say it at the top, find your way through and also acknowledge that there's more than enough material here to keep you going for, you know, three hour sessions uh, across the, 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 the weeks of Lent and beyond. Um, but my steer, if I was looking to offer a kind of baseline steer, if you're doing it a group session or doing it alone, watch the film first and just watch it for fun, for pleasure. Have a party. Get the popcorn out. Um, this movie is a work of joy, not least because Elton and Bernie Taupin, his songwriting partners, music is a work of joy. I mean, this is, this is one of the greatest jukeboxes ever come up with in human history and and the film uses elton's music as a way of structuring the story so you you get those classics like song for guy or rocket man or uh goodbye yellow brick road appearing as ways of structuring the story so just enjoy the film get in there enjoy it have some fun and then when you come back either as an individual or as a group, there are instructions each week on themes to explore. So, I mean, to give you an example, um, the, the, the first week is, um, is called In Want of Love. How do we become who we are? And it offers a series of clips and then questions and then a complementary biblical text to reflect on. And there are, in each session, three moments uh, as a rule. Uh, so you have an opportunity to you know, watch three different clips that look at that theme of wanting love um, and then to bring in a complementary biblical text. The idea being is that it's, it's not about getting people to a point of saying, and now we all agree, but to give people permission to go deeper into the biblical territory and the personal territory of their own journeys by using the film as a jumping off point. And crucially, of course, it's framed in the context of prayer. One of the things I think it's really important to acknowledge, Ed, is that I think certainly compared to my previous book, From Now On, based on The Greatest Showman, Rocket Man, you know, it's a 15 film, it's a 15 certificate. And whilst that should mean that anyone over the age of 15 should be able to feel confident about watching the film that does mean that it's dealing with some reasonably grown-up themes 
and that framing it in the context of prayer is going to be crucial i think for people i hope to have confidence that they can share reasonably deeply um it's just worth recognizing that for me prayer is not just about saying words it's about a whole set of relationships that we have with one another in which we're trying to safeguard one another as well and because this is looking at themes around um you know temptation and promise um about when sorry is the hardest word that means it, 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 it's, it's potentially an invitation to share some pretty deep personal stuff. Um, so, yeah, essentially across five weeks or five sessions, you could do them all in one go. You could do them in a week if you wanted to. Ideally, I think, do it across five weeks, uh, beginning the week after Ash Wednesday, leading up uh, to Holy Week, uh, a structured way of bringing the film into conversation with the Bible and with our own stories in uh, the context of prayer. Since since we last spoke, Rachel, you had your debut novel published, The Gospel of Eve, which was, was reviewed very favourably in the Church Times. Um, can you just tell us a bit about how the, the novel came about and, and what, what that was like to write, I guess, fiction for the first time? Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, if I said to you, Ed, that I never thought I could write a novel because I didn't think I could sustain a, a narrative arc sufficiently across 70 to 80,000 words. Um, you might not believe, believe me because I'm, I'm sort of person I can produce, I produce regular books or certainly have done up until till now. I'm the sort of person who can write in a sustained way. But at heart, I'm a poet. But like everyone, maybe not everyone, but certainly most writers, there's that urge, that desire uh, longing to test oneself out in what is, I suppose, the the standard, the gold standard of writing in in the modern world, and I've long wanted to have a go. So there was a kind of itch that needed to be scratched, and the Gospel of Eve emerged out of two things. Firstly. A sense of place. Um, it was very clear that I wanted to write something that was a thriller. That much as I'd, you know, I'd love to be one of those real literary um, novelists. It's probably not for me. I don't think because I've always loved thrillers. I've loved detective fiction. I've loved. Um, golden age detective fiction in particular so I thought mm, I think maybe a thriller um and I needed a, a sense of location therefore for me because I'm so obsessed with that golden age stuff which is you know the idea of the country house or um you know an island somewhere where people can't get off and a location walked out towards me insofar as locations ever maybe I walked towards a location that's much better because buildings <laughs> generally don't get up and start walking, do they? Um, and this location, uh, this theological college, this fictional theological college in South Oxfordshire came into view. And with all these gothic -y elements, not least uh, this um, disused mental asylum that's built next 
door to it with its panopticon, which is, you know, tower at which the, all the inmates could be watched. So that emerged. And then, and then definitively the characters emerged. And I think it's that thing about, for me, it's character and place and then setting them in conversation. Now, running behind this, and I don't want to make this sound too convoluted, but a key thing, of course, a key thing in the Gospel of Eve is this obsession with the medieval and with medieval manuscripts. And thanks to a friend of mine who is a medievalist, she got me into thinking about all that stuff. And so this, this sort of... Th- trinity of of um or certainly three elements came together hopefully into a unity of what do we do with some characters who i think are interesting a location that's interesting and then a subject matter which is obsession around the medieval what do we do when we bring them together and suddenly it all just started to 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 find its motor so yeah that's the sort of origin i mean it's been it's it's been incredible to actually <laughs> discover that people like it. I I thought everyone was just going to hate it. Um, yeah, uh, and I know that's probably just typical writer anxiety or whatever you know that sort of stuff. But but it's been amazing to discover that that it's struck a chord with a lot of readers. It's incredibly exciting um, for me to be able to, in a very modest way, claim that 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 I'm a novelist. Um, I mean, ultimately I wanted to write something that would entertain. And and the impression I get is that I've achieved that. You know, there's lots of people out there. I mean, you know, everyone's a critic who've said about the Gospel of Eve, you know, well, it's, you know, it's a bit like this, it's a bit like that. And yes, that's quite deliberate. You know, it belongs to the genre of Gothic thriller. It's very much a genre thing. But I, the, the, the thing that's really delighted me is a number of people who said, well, OK, maybe it's not the deepest thing that's ever been written. But gosh, is it entertaining? Is it a page turner? Um, it's a sort of Dan Brown on steroids. Um, <laughs> or, or <laughs> and, and maybe that's what the kind of thing we need right now. You know, maybe we all need in the midst of, of sort of pandemic. We need something that's going to entertain us and take us into another world. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.